Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, the nonprofit ninja, Natalie Jablonski, is here. That's right. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. You know, Marjorie, there is a thin line of thinking that is often argued that nonprofits need to act more like for-profit businesses. And while we can certainly take the time to argue this concept, I do believe there is one thing we could probably agree on today. The for-profit sector sector does a great job of advertising, especially compared to the nonprofit sector. Wouldn't you agree? I definitely agree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking with Lisa Adams. She's the publisher of Marketplace Magazine, which is located in the Metro East area of the St. Louis metropolitan region. Um, she's a subject matter expert when it comes to advertising, and we thought that she could lead our discussion today and maybe help our our audience get a little advertising one on one for no nonprofits. So, hey, Lisa. Hello. Hi, Hi. Lisa. (laughs) Good. And full disclosure, Lisa has been a volunteer for both mine and Natalie's organizations. That's right. (laughs) That's right. We love her, but we know you're to love her just as much. So, Lisa, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and also a little bit about Marketplace Magazine? Okay. Well, I am from the area, went to Bubba West and went far away as possible to college and ended up right back where I started. (laughs) And I'm very happy. And... I have a 21-year-old son at Mizzou. He went to Mascuda. And my husband works at Bank of America downtown St. Louis. And I purchased Marketplace Magazine after working at the Post-Dispatch for about 20 years and purchased Marketplace so that I could own my own publication and be closer to home when my son was in high school. So I could get to all of his games and and uh, be a part of his life while he was in high school before he took off for college. So... Marketplace is direct mailed seven times a year to 50,000 homeowners in Madison, St. Clair, and Monroe counties. In this coming issue, we I published seven times a year. So this coming issue is going to be my fourth one of the year, fifth one of the year called Early Fall, and it is going to the base. And I've never gone to oh, Scott Air Force Base. Oh, Air Force awesome. Base. So I don't know what took me so long, but I'm really excited about that. Because <laughs> yeah. Well, so are they, I super, <laughs> Well, it'll be like a nice little resource guide when someone moves to town and you know, they're looking for things to do. I'm also digital and I want people to understand that every single page of Marketplace is on my website. You can thumb through it like you're reading it in real life and on Facebook, every page I've ever published for um, eight years now. I purchased the magazine eight years ago, but it's really 22 years old. Wow. So yes, it's homegrown right here at local. And the homeowners that I mail to earn a higher than average income level to target a specific audience. And I also put the magazine in 13 grocery stores, including all the Deerbergs and Chinooks in Edwardsville, Collinsville, all the way down to Columbia, plus Eckert's. Nice. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a few things that I do with the magazine to help promote people's business, which is the point of the magazine, is I like to run articles for you if you sign for a certain amount of time. And I like to write those stories because journalism is my background. And you really get a great return on investment when you have that story in the magazine because people get to know you better and you're in the table of contents. So, and I might plug you on the cover, which is really nice too. And I also expose everybody on my website, Facebook, Twitter, trying to get more with the program with Twitter, but I'm getting there. 
And so are a lot of nonprofits. So it's yeah. okay. So is the show. <laughs> well, that's right. It's um, it's another full time job. Yeah, it, it is. That kind of stuff. Well, that is you why know? they have social media managers mm-hmm. specifically for that reason because there's so much to do. I know I just met yeah. with a friend for lunch who said I'm a full time mom and I feel like I have a job just trying to keep up with Facebook so that the parents and the in laws can oh, see yeah. what's happening oh, with their right. grandkids. And- yeah, that is so true. And another thing I like to do is promote the magazine at different community events like Art in the Square and Wingfest, Salute to the Arts is coming up. So I like to be a sponsor of those so that when people get the magazine in the mailbox, they look at it and think, oh, hey, I just saw this at, you know, Salute to the Arts. And maybe they won't put it aside. Maybe they'll really look at it. And I also belong to two chambers, B&I. It's also in Hallmarks. So I try to brand myself as much as the advertisers in the magazine are trying to brand themselves. Nice. To get more exposure for everybody. Well, I think one of the things you said, Lisa, really touches the heart of our nonprofit listeners, which is you want the advertising to tell a story. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons you tie in advertising in the first place. And I think that's one of the reasons that nonprofits are missing the boat and they probably need to learn more about this. Wouldn't you agree, Marjorie? Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, Lisa and I were talking before the show, it's it's really hard as, an, as a nonprofit to be able to say what the ROI on an advertisement was. Yes. But Lisa, you know, every time I get an email from you, there's this quote at the bottom from Henry Ford <laughs> that says, um, a man who stops advertising is like a man who stops the clock to save time. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it, it's kind of that same thing. Like you can't always see the ROI, but mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's there, it's coming, and right. it's tough to do. Mm-hmm. So why is advertising so, so important? Well, really, to be simple about it, advertising is important so that people know you exist. Mm-hmm. And if you promote your product or service, whether it's a for-profit or not, you have to spread awareness. And an easy way to do this is advertising. There's other ways to get exposure. Like I just said, I like to be a part of community events and things like that. And I like to sponsor nonprofit activities and things like that. But the major advantages of advertising are to introduce a new product or service to the market. Or if you've been around for a while, maybe to reintroduce you or discuss your expansion. And also advertising can help you expand your mission in the market. And it can also help you recruit people to help you join in your cause. I think that's huge because we tend to run in the circle of thinking in the nonprofit world that everyone knows about us, everyone knows what we're mm-hmm. doing, and that's because we tend to socialize with those people who know a lot about who <laughs> exactly. what we're doing and other nonprofits, and we are connected to each other in uh, various facets in life, whether it's in person or whether it's by email or social media. So we feel like, quote, everyone everyone already knows what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows about us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and then you run into someone who doesn't. And you're shocked. Like you give them that, oh, that shock face. <laughs> and I think that's the edge that advertising does. It mm-hmm. gets you to those people that are not in your circle of influence. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So how should non-pro- nonprofits approach advertising, I guess is the right word, because is it truly different than other businesses? Should nonprofits be looking at advertising in a different way? I personally don't think so, because you're trying to get the word out just as the new meat market down the street is trying to get the word out and you have to watch your budget i know right because i'm um involved a lot with masterworks corral and i know how another great nonprofit, by the way great nonprofit. yes i hope people know about it but things that you can do i think which you guys could answer this better than i can but is to seek sponsors for your advertising 
for example, I've seen a bunch of billboards around town mm-hmm. where there's a billboard and it says so-and-so sponsors Masterworks Corral or something mm-hmm. like that. And so it's it's work. I mean, you have to go find that person. It'd be easier just to write a check and run an ad. But um, I think that by getting your sponsors for advertising and seek sponsors for your ads in any media besides billboards, that was just mm-hmm. that was just an example. But for example, Masterworks seeks sponsors through program advertising. In each of our six concerts, there's a program. People buy ads in that. They're very inexpensive, and that's super super helpful to us. Well, and I think, too, those program ads, we're so used to running those for our own events. Mm-hmm. And we think of advertising perhaps internal, but we are also looking and talking today about external mm-hmm. opportunities for mm-hmm. advertising and working and teaming up with other businesses that are interested in what we're doing. It's a great link for them to be able to share their passion for your mission in a very public public display. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I also think, you know, you mentioned the program ads. I've seen a lot of nonprofits kind of either swap those those program ads, either that or, or I'll pay you $500 now and you're going to pay me $500 later or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Um, so that it's, you know, so that you both get that kind of pro- cross promotion, which I think is really good if you have mm-hmm. a, a nonprofit that, you know, works towards the same audience or has mm-hmm. complementary missions or something well, like that. Well, we, we like to do that mm-hmm. with the Back Society and the Het. Oh, yeah. And one other that's escaping me. But those kind of things are where our listeners are, our concert goers are going to come from is from other concerts. Oh, yeah. So I try to do trades as much as possible. But then it's also good to have the revenue from them if, you know. So anyway, it's a fine line, sort of, because you don't want to go too crazy. No, it's trade everything away. It gives Mm -hmm. gives our nonprofit audience some ideas of Mm -hmm. if, if advertising before wasn't something they thought was in the budget. So what... What other organizations have a similar target market mm-hmm. uh, that we have a great relationship with or that we want to build a relationship with and doing that sharing of, mm-hmm. well, we'll give you an ad if you give up us Absolutely. an ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives you the exposure uh, without mm-hmm. having to dip too far down into the budget costs. But right. speaking of which, we're going to dance around it, but we might as well just let's go there kind of first because I could already actually hear some of our audience members laughing at us talking about advertising because mm-hmm. they ain't got no budget as yeah. they would like to say. <laughs> uh, and I, I, f- I feel, I feel your pain. Uh, we remember Marjorie and I are both uh, executive directors in, in nonprofit world mm-hmm. as well as, as is Lisa with Masterwork. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about some approaches to advertising that nonprofits need to consider and, and eat that elephant one bite at a time. So budget restrictions, advice for advertising on a nonprofit budget, something any negotiation tips, things we should look at? I would get to know your media folks. Like we have a wonderful classical radio station out of St. Louis. And one of the DJs is just a huge fan of our conductor in Masterworks. And every time I send a press release, she puts it on the radio. Nice. And the Belleville News Democrat has been fantastic. There's a couple of people there that just take super good care of us. And um, in Edwardsville, the same way, SIU, the same way. So you just develop relationships. It's all about relationships. And then send out those press releases to 60 different media places. I have a a great contact list and someone will pick it up. Someone will at least give you a call and talk to you about it. That's good advice. mm -hmm. I know several years ago we we had an event and a newspaper ended up offering to swap sponsorship. in, So they gave us some advertising. We gave them basically a meteor sponsorship right. for our event, mm-hmm. which was really nice because otherwise, yeah. you know, 
in that particular event situation, there was no way we were going to pay for newspaper mm -hmm. ads for that. We just, it didn't quite make as much sense for us financially, right. but, you know, putting up a sponsor, doing some signage for them, mm -hmm. um, calling out their name during the program made total sense. Absolutely. Well, and we've talked about several mediums just in the last few minutes. We've talked about billboards, newspaper, radio, you know, and I think it also comes down to knowing your audience really well mm -hmm. and who you're trying to capture. How do we find those who, how do we find those who want to find us? Like any, where do we start? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys that. Oh, good. Actually, maybe we'll, maybe we'll because, toy it around together. But in Masterworks, it's just kind of obvious where the demographics lie. For example, when I advertise for the kids camp, I'm, I can do more digital because parents are parents who have kids in that age group are more digital. So Facebook was really fantastic for this summer camp. But then I go to advertise a concert and demographics, the digital was just, it sense. wasn't even, more, there was hardly any click throughs because mm -hmm. they, they're going to open it up and read it in the paper or I'll mail them something, you know. But now with Marketplace, how I find my target market is I actually go and buy a mailing list from a company called Mailers Haven. And you go in there and you, you pick everything you want. And um, similar to boosting something on social media, on Facebook, for example, where you can kind of give some like specificness. That. Yeah. Only, yeah, it is just like that. Mm -hmm. Now, Facebook, mm -hmm. if you want to try and reach as many people as Marketplace reaches, you're going to spend as much or more on that mm -hmm. boost right. as you would an ad in a magazine. But Facebook for my nonprofit is very helpful for that mm -hmm. certain demographic. Do most mediums have statistics on who they are reaching with their target audience and what that looks like that they sh yes. should be sharing with their advertisers? Should, should we be, be asking you should be for asking. that? Okay. Yes. What type of things should we be asking for? You should be asking male, female, ages, household income. You could even ask for education. Anything you can dream of, they have a mailing list for. Oh, wow. It's, wow. It's amazing. Now, and, when, and when we talk about print media, I guess I always get concept confused on here's how many we mail to, but then they also use another phrase, and I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's about how many people actually read that. Yeah, and, newspapers throw those numbers around. They have mm -hmm. the actual subscription number, mm -hmm. which is whatever it is, and then the readership is going to yes, be times readership. two. Mm -hmm. times okay. two or three a year. Because the odds are you'll have that it. in your household or you'll take it to your right. office and that more people will mm -hmm. read that and they use those two numbers. Mm -hmm. But so, when I say I direct mail to 50,000 people, it's 50,000 50,000 households. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that so is always... I did readership. Man, I'd be... <laughs> well, you'd have at least two in my household, yeah. I can tell you right there you now. See? <laughs> I know we're giving you 13,000 here on Mind's Eye. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what about advertising strategies to consider? Because I think what's unique about nonprofits is that people come into the nonprofit sector with different various backgrounds. It might be social work. Uh, it might be uh, with finance. They may be coming from the for-profit sector, but in a very specific role or way, uh, maybe more mission-driven, such as they had a loved one that was impacted by the services, which got them interested and started. So they may just have a, a business background. You do have a few uh, crazy uh, kids like me who started in marketing uh, and uh, ended up finding themselves in the nonprofit leadership role, but not a lot. So uh, I always worry about what type of strategies to consider, especially if you don't have an advertising background, mm -hmm. uh, because they say, how many times do you have to see it before you actually have some sort of recognition? Consistency is yeah, key. Consistency. So yes. uh, I would say a shotgun approach, not so much. 
because that's going to scatter you everywhere? Or is well, it, can you get benefit from that? We tell our clients to visualize a pie and we would like a slice of it, but you need to put your eggs in other baskets mm-hmm. because not everybody's reading Marketplace. Not everybody's they reading should. the newspaper. They should well, be. Well, of course they should be. <laughs> but realistically speaking, right. you, just, you need to make a nice little strategy, print. I'm not a huge believer of radio unless you can really hit those big camel oxes and stuff like that. But um, because I'm old-fashioned and I like print. And, and that goes back to knowing your audience, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. And TV is expensive. If you can pull it off, if you can pull off being on one of those shows, Great mm-hmm. Day St. Louis or yeah. something like that, show me St. We Louis. We love Great Day. Mm-hmm. So something like that. But try and hit Edwardsville, hit St. Clair, try a little bit in St. Louis, and make sure you tell them you're a nonprofit and ask them, do you have special rates for nonprofit? Mm-hmm. And if they say, no, we don't have special rates, say, do you have remnant ads? Which means... You send them your information. They create an ad or two that if they come up at the last minute and they need to fill a hole because it's going on the press, they'll put you in there. Wow. So and do then you, you send get a really good break. Yeah. Do you send different sizes for that so that you can fill in or only you within could, your budget? Or You could, except I've noticed in here that you mentioned do you, you, a lot of nonprofits probably don't have an in-house graphic designer. Right, right. We typically beg, borrow, and plead for right. someone else who has those skills to give back to the organization. Well, you can do that with a volunteer, which mm-hmm. is super. Just make up a couple sizes. or um, And, you know, these graphic artists at these media places, like Marketplace, obviously, we, we design the ad for free. Mm-hmm. So, no, you don't have to worry about that with me. But other organizations that can peel apart that PDF or whatever you send them, and they can regenerate it to be the right size. Oh, nice. But... Always ask about those remnant rates. That's I've never even good. heard of that before. That's yeah. a huge takeaway mm-hmm. for me. So thank you. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Call up your rep and say, hey, if you have an extra space, throw this in there. Very nice. nice. So you can't, mm-hmm. you don't guarantee you're going to get it, but if it right. runs, then you, if you, run, you pay a awesome. lower rate? Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah, much like lower. Mm-hmm. What's What catches a journalist's eye with regards to PSAs? Because I know that you had mentioned that you write some PSAs and you send them uh, oh, press there, releases. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Is there something specific that maybe we could learn from your... Always have world? an angle. Always mm-hmm. have an angle. Always think of something. For example, last year at Christmas concert, my angle was Christine Brewer, the mm-hmm. opera singer. Oh, you wow. Know, She's oh, phenomenal. I, I could yeah. blow that all over, and everybody was all excited about that. But then I'll come up to a concert that maybe the music is not quite as well known or the singer's not quite as well known. So you find something in the music or the musicians... All our musicians come from St. Louis, St. Louis Symphony. So mm-hmm. I might try and really make that a big deal. You know, always have an angle for that one person who's looking for that one thing to come to, you know. Because what's sense. interesting to us as an organization must also be interesting to the reader. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not going right. to catch. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they just don't want name, address, you know, the mm-hmm. who, what, where, all right. that. Well, start with that. Yeah. <laughs> who, what, when, and where. Mm-hmm. And then say, this year's Christmas concert will feature 10 musicians from the St. Louis Symphony. You know, just mm-hmm. find something to hook on to and give the reporter a reason to follow up nice. is what you want to do. 
Now, if you mm-hmm. don't know where to start, mm-hmm. uh, as some of our listeners may not, mm-hmm. and they've Call never, me. I can help you. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to give Lisa's information. So mm-hmm. I know everybody's excited. Do and not fast writing. forward the podcast. Just like wait. To write too. <laughs> um, but when they call uh, a newspaper or another medium, uh, and they, and they're trying to figure out who to send that mm-hmm. press release to. Mm-hmm. Who wh- who should they ask for? What office should they ask for? I think these are things that mm-hmm. even some of the, the basics need to be covered. Well, your events, you want to look for your lifestyle type. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even if you call a radio show or a radio station or TV or whatever, you want to say, I'm looking for those people interested in events, interested in lifestyle, interested in someone who reads at Mindsight, whatever it is, and go about it that way instead of just shipping it off to the whoever you find on the website. The news desk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ex- yeah, right. Exactly. You want to send it to the specific departments, especially with your events, all your fun mm-hmm. stuff that you have coming up. Now, is it taboo to send it to multiple departments in the same? Ooh, no, no, no. Oh, no, that's no. okay. Oh, you mm-hmm. can do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. That's what I always wondered, like, is it okay if I do that or not? Yeah. And now with me, it's going to be me. Well, yes, <laughs> this is true. I'm thinking yeah. about some of our audience members are from big metropolitan areas right. and mm-hmm. they may have multiple large newspapers right. like the yeah. Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Look I know. for bylines. If you see a neat story mm-hmm. on somebody, find that byline and send it to that person. Excellent. Because you, those are the kind of people that care enough to do, to follow up and do neat stories like that. So right. would it be appropriate to say, uh, dear Janet Smith, I saw you did an excellent article on oh, XYZ. That is awesome. And I thought this might also be something you would be interested in. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. I, know, I don't Way think I would go. have thought that type of approach before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I what it. I love about this this gig that we have. It's, yeah. Uh, I do. It's like free consulting. Uh, and I hope, <laughs> I hope all of our audience members appreciate that too. Uh, what about other best practices, Marjorie? What do you mm-hmm. want to learn about? So I'm kind of wondering, I know you mentioned that radio wasn't wasn't a, a big fan. Of, you weren't a big fan of it. It hurt my heart a little bit. I'm that's sorry. Okay. As soon as okay. I said that, <laughs> wait a minute. But I, did, I did see your rose awesome. crumble a little bit like Beauty and the Beast. I thought it fell off. So, but what I'm really wondering about is... Um, like digital advertising versus print advertising. So, you know, you've got all of the, the, we could either go like, let's look at the paper, you know, with their online advertising or with actually being in the paper or even looking at Facebook ads versus, you know, being in the paper or somewhere like marketplace, you know, what's, what should we consider when placing ads like that? Well, like you said, you should consider your demographics when it comes to the digital, but it's also I think Marketplace has a good thing going with your print ad is going to be on the website and it's going to be on Facebook. And then I boost those posts as well. Mm -hmm. And then if one of my clients sees their ad that I posted and tagged them on, then they could go and boost that post and just keep it on, keep it going. Yeah, keep it trying. I do love that mm-hmm. you 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 tag everybody who's in the magazine too on Facebook. I always find that really fun. I hope it's not annoying. I love it. That just helps it get get farther out absolutely yeah i wish more papers would actually do that Mm -hmm. you know i think it would be really nice if like the post ran a story about us and tagged us which would be great Mm -hmm. so you know one of the things that i'm curious about and marjorie i'm sure i'll get a good giggle out of you as well as another nonprofit leader but how many times have we heard from funders we want to know about not just you know what you're doing with outcomes but the impact that it has and we Mm -hmm. have to Mm -hmm. justify that on every grant application ever written so I'm just curious if that applies here with regards to outcomes and impact. Should we be tracking for ROI? If so, what should we be tracking? Uh, how do we, you know, if, for example, we've got an event going on and we want to get it out there. We do want to do some print advertising. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take one medium. Um, and we put 
the take a pie, we put a slice in this paper, a slice in that paper, as you suggest. What type of data should we be collecting to look and see if that had trend lines or impact on people who attended or am am I trying to force something that's not going to work? Somehow you need some kind of call to action or call me, call us for this or email this, something that you can track. If you're just putting something in there to brand yourself, you're really not going to see an instant return on investment. You might get the phone ringing occasionally more that people want to volunteer more. They want to donate. You call them up and ask them for a silent auction basket. Maybe they'll say, oh, hey, yeah, I just read that. I just saw something about you, something like that. But I tell advertisers to always put a call to action, whatever it is, even if it's a free consultation or something like that. Um, That is, I mean, to track it is just, is a great question. It's really hard to do, I think, but I wish more people would do it instead Mm -hmm. of just trying to nail and saying, well, nobody came in. Well, did you ask them? Right. You don't know that. So... We've been doing that uh, lately uh, at my organization because we have some ads that we're running in different places, but the call to action is to call the office to get the digital information. Mm-hmm. And anytime I get the phone, the first thing I ask is, oh, how did you hear about it? Yes. Oh, yeah. always and if they say, we heard about it in the newspaper, I'm like, oh, really? Is it? And I see their city. I'm like, is it the one in this location? And sometimes they blow me out of the wire and they say, actually, no, I live here, but if I get my work paper here and this is where, um, but I think it's fascinating to get it, but it's the one-offs and mm-hmm. I'm, the, the nonprofit person in me is really just trained to look for outcomes and impact, outcomes mm-hmm. and impact. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I transfer that over into mm-hmm. the advertising world? And especially when that's advertising is not my background, mm-hmm. but I, mm-hmm. I, I tried at least I'm hopefully someone else out there was thinking the same thing, but <laughs> Um, and if we don't have in-house experts, uh, if we don't have graphic designs and writers, we tend to mm-hmm. we tend to look for volunteers who have those right. skills mm-hmm. and bring mm-hmm. them in. Uh, mm-hmm. Are there other avenues you think we should be considering? Well, always ask if, as a nonprofit, would you charge us to do this, or maybe you, maybe that'd be part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And a printer, a good printer in the area, you can always go to them. They have reasonable rates; could help you out. But always ask the publication or, or whatever it is, the radio station, the TV station, if they can help you because they want it to be good. Right. Well, so. I think great advice for our listeners too, is if you were paired up with a local university that has a program in marketing and advertising, or they're always looking for projects mm-hmm. uh, to be able to help their portfolio, especially that senior year when they're looking for that job. Mm-hmm. They don't want to just have kind education. Like yeah. Yes. They don't want to just have education on their background. They'd like to have education good and some idea. experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, reach out, find a professor or a marketing Good club idea. or an advertising club and uh, see if what type of projects that they do and if they'd be willing to give that information out to their students. And right. It could be a project th- for yeah, them. Absolutely. Well, and mm-hmm. think of how many t-shirt designs that we do in nonprofit oh, yeah. for events or mm-hmm. program designs. And we're trying to so think of something of and we end up having to sometimes pay a, mm-hmm. a very nice person who's a graphic mm-hmm. design artist to do it. And it looks beautiful, but mm-hmm. wouldn't it be neat? And yeah. Uh, and I actually am one of those people that I, I have a consultant, a, a graphic designer consultant that he does everything of ours except mm. for like the little bit of stuff we do in publisher. But because we always use him and because we talk about our rates at the beginning of the year, he's able to say, oh, okay, you need, I, 
I know, you know, we've worked together for 10 years now. So he's like, okay, I know you need this for this event. You need this for this event. You've got these, this many newsletters. Mm -hmm. So he knows what's coming and he knows when it's coming. So, mm -hmm. so you package everything with one person. Pack, yeah. With one and person. And you get a better deal probably yeah. in that way than you would mm -hmm. be if you piecemealed it out. Yeah. And we've got a really solid long-term relationship too. So that's really helped too. He, his prices haven't raised much on us, even though I know that his work is probably worth a lot more than we're paying mm -hmm. for it these And we days. appreciate him. Yes. We and really he knows do. who he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, for a friend of the podcast, Alex Matthews. There you go. Oh, look, it's a little plug. So, Alex, that was just for you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's good advice too. You know, having, uh, talking with someone about a whole package and mm -hmm. then piecemealing it on your budget can be uh, a good, a good move for, mm -hmm. for nonprofits. Right. Great think idea. Of budget struggles. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. in our last couple of minutes, uh, how about some valuable lessons in advertising? Maybe Natalie, do you have any personal advice for advertising that you can share with our nonprofit listeners? Wow. Uh, I probably do. Uh, you know, you kind of have to pick your brain after all mm -hmm. the years that we've been, <laughs> we've been doing it. Um, I think some of the best advice I ever got about advertising was don't assume. Don't assume that they know your number. Don't assume that they know your website. Don't assume that they understand what you do. Uh, and because I, I think we tend to, I don't know about you, but in nonprofit, we tend to, we make it in-house and then we share it in-house and say, mm -hmm. what do you think? What do you think? And we all go, oh yeah, that mm -hmm. looks great. <laughs> uh, so if you have a nice, trusted third-party source that knows your organization and appreciates you, but maybe isn't in the day-to-day -day grind. Mm -hmm. uh, I think spouses do a great job at this because oh, yeah. they, oh, they, yeah, <laughs> they mm -hmm. can be great uh, <laughs> critics that support us as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the other thing we tend to do is because nonprofits don't have budgets, we tend to try to overcrowd the space mm -hmm. and we need to just like when we speak, we need to enjoy the silence and embrace that silence when you're speaking need to do the same for the white space. I think people try to cram too much in there and yes. then everything gets lost and mm -hmm. uh, there's agree. something to be valued in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and you kind of just stole mine there. Natalie, I did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, but you know, one of the one of my biggest pet peeves and one of the things I've really had to learn, um, especially in the organization that I work in, is making sure that everything's big enough that people can actually see it and read it. Yes. Um, mm. So I want, like, if something's sitting across the table from me, I want to be able to at least read the, the biggest parts of it from across the room. Um, if I'm doing a billboard, I want people to be able to read it and retain it while they're driving uh, while they're driving miles an hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are really important things that I like I had to learn that the hard way a couple of times, um, you know, trying to just pack everything in. Because mm -hmm. right? um, you want to get the best value. Yeah, you want to get best value, but you also want people to remember it. And they're not going to remember all the big things anyway. So get them to the website, get them to mm -hmm. the phone number. Um, get them excited enough. Pictures worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. so, Pictures, yeah. bright colors. Yeah. Proofreader. That's my yes. biggest <laughs> piece of advice today. Always have a proofreader. <laughs> Just like you said, let everybody look at it. Make sure you get the who, what, when, and where, the Facebook, the website, the phone number. It, it's crazy how we can all look at it or oh. the client will look at it and send it back. Oh, it's great. And then they forget the phone number. Yeah, something like that. So fortunately, well, that hasn't happened very often. But I think, you know, allow yourself to make that mistake and know that they're going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be so hard on yourself. This is it's advertising. It's not brain surgery. No one's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, depending on uh, depending on you to make this perfect. But obviously, we're going to give it our best effort. Yeah. But I always feel like we tend to beat up our marketing or our advertising gurus for mm -hmm. I can't believe you didn't put that parentheses 
close mm-hmm. that parentheses on there, yeah. or, or you didn't put a space between the hyphen, which is a pet peeve of mine. There should mm-hmm. be a space there. Yes, uh, on both and, sides. Right, thank you. I appreciate that. But <laughs> you, we do make mistakes. So uh, reach out to your friendly advertising agent uh, that you use or friendly uh, advertising mm-hmm. friend and thank them for what they do. It's right. they, they take a big they take a big brunt of the mm-hmm. sarcasm when it's all said and done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think that we're all out of time, but Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you this for is having awesome. Me. That was fast thirty minutes. It really was. But before <laughs> our we audience go, members feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> before we go, how can everybody get in touch with you? What's the best yes. way to learn about you and Marketplace, like Marketplace Magazine, yeah. and even Masterworks? Because we promised them we would give them that information. All right. Well, I love emails, and it's Lisa Adams at Marketplace Magazine Biz. My phone number is six one eight four one six one eight three nine. And Facebook is Marketplace Magazine and Massworks Corral and Children's Courses. What else is there? Website. Website is MarketplaceMagazineOnline.com. And Masterworks is nice and short, SingMasterworks.org. Wonderful. And what mm-hmm. is Masterworks? Because I know you've quoted it several times and you do work for them. is a community course that was founded 43 years ago now by Dr. Dennis Barger, who is above all. Um, resident. He is also the conductor at the Box Society, but he founded Masterworks all those years ago at SWIC. It's kind of started with the youth corral at SWIC and then grew to all these people around the community joined, like my parents. And it is auditioned. You have to audition to be in it. And it's anywhere from 35 to 40 members at a time. We're always looking for singers. All age groups? Uh, for the adult course, it'd be best to be 18 or college age and up. Mm-hmm. Then we have children's courses, which is third grade to 12th grade. Okay. And that audition is not nearly like the grownups. So. <laughs> <A> little, <laughs> In fact, we're having a summer camp this week. Oh, wow. And it's really super. They learn how to read music, sing correctly, musical instruments. The St. Louis musicians will come in and talk with them. It's just, it's a super thing. And the, and the conductor, Dr. Mager, conducts it himself. Oh, so, wow. Cool. And he's, he took over for Dr. Sparger a few years ago. So now he's in charge. And he's also composer in residence at Box Society. Yeah, and you've so, got a lot of yeah. people We do. So if you love singing in the shower or uh, you've been singing in your car and your friends are mm-hmm. always like, you're so good, you should sing somewhere and you come. don't know where, come <laughs> see Lisa and we'll yeah. get all the information in the show notes for you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, for Lisa, for joining thank us you. today. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app and subscribe and leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.